Warning, this episode contains mention of sexual assault, racism, and violence. Hello, you're listening to The Maastricht Diplomat. Today I am joined with Brendan, Ethan, and Sherelle, and we're going to be talking about Sasha Baron Cohen and the many controversies over his satirical style of comedy. Sasha Baron Cohen is a British comedian who went to Cambridge University and was part of the infamous Cambridge Amateur Dramatic Club. Sasha is known for his portrayal and creation of fictional characters, such as Borat, who is a Kazakhstani journalist who travelled to the United States to make a mockumentary which was a commentary on the cultural controversies in America. Ali G is a typical caricature of a British urban youth, who are usually portrayed and seen as lower class. Bruno is a gay Austrian fashion guru who is famously known for his outrageous stunts across America and the United Kingdom. Admiral General Aladdin, who is the fictional dictator of the country of Wadia, boasts his own movie and is the only one of Sasha's characters to be a written character inside of a narrative. These are just a few of his many characters, and what we are here to discuss today is his comedy style, the effects and the portrayal of these certain characters on the greater population and whether or not these characters actually start a debate or change people's opinions on customs and cultures of certain people in society and the way they are perceived, because essentially that is his end goal. Firstly, I'm going to ask you guys if you think Sasha's films are more than just a comedy movie. Do they go beyond that? And where does he take things way too far? His characters, they differ. And each one brings a certain amount of, of politicization to a topic and a certain amount of humor. And I think if you place it on a spectrum, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's political, sometimes it's both, and uh, sometimes it's neither. Um, uh, there are certain characters who I think flop harder, certain films that miss a note. But then on the other hand, I also think that sometimes, and especially in his interviews, when he interviews as a character, he can really touch a nerve. And I think that's a really powerful, um, powerful tool, both comedically and politically. Because in my opinion, a lot of comedy is political. I do agree that uh, comedy actually is uh, sort of like a mirror in society and it talks about the things that are controversial right now in our society. So, um, but sometimes, sometimes comedy goes too far because movies don't, aren't actually just mirrors, they actually produce reality. And whenever you're depicting a, a person just like the dictator, you have this sort of culturalizing the Middle Easterns and the North Africans. So now that it is, it is a joke and it is funny. I'm not saying that the dictator isn't funny, but there are there are some sort of repercussions after the movie because now it's made by the West for the West. And whenever mm -hmm. someone watches this movie, the first thought you're gonna have over the Middle Easterns it's barbaric, sexist, pro-rape, and nuclear weapons and stuff. But it's actually like the complete, I'm not going to say complete opposite, but it's kind of putting the stereotype over mm -hmm. the Arabs. Mm -hmm. 
Um, in a way, I completely agree that um, <clears throat> there's various aspects of a comedy and, you know, we find political issues uh, important, so we do put a mirror in front of things. But we clearly can see a trend with all of Sasha Baron's, like, most popular movies. Um, so let's say uh, The Dictator or Borat or Bruno and so forth. They all go to the United States and mock themselves in a way of like, look, I'm from a country you guys have never heard of. You don't know anything about me. So all the stereotyping you can do about me as an idiotic person might be reflective in our society. So, for example, with the origin of Borat, let's uh, talk about that. So why did Sasha Baron Cohen like choose Kazakhstan? You know, um, well, it wasn't actually his first choice. Prior to Borat, he had a similar character or actually two similar characters, one an Albanian person and the other a Moldovan. They basically had the exact same features than Borat, except for the mustache, but for the rest, nearly exactly the same. So what makes this character specifically Kazakhstani? It's more being able to ridicule something from a Western perspective of like, we don't really understand the conceptions or what you do in their Eastern shitholes, let's say, but um, and we will try to adapt to those things. After the film, Sasha doesn't at all address um, any kind of offence that he has given to these countries, as far as I can really see. He much more focuses on his message in America. And there is quite a lot of upset coming from these communities. Um, I guess, what do you guys think on that? Like, do you think they have a right to be upset? Do you think they have a right <laughs> to be more upset than the Americans? It is kind of a casualty of, of this I don't want to say one-dimensional humor, but this um, maybe one-dimensional characterization of of what typical, quote-unquote, typical Western people think of this country, right? Or don't think of this country. Sure. Here's a little ironic fact, which I kind of want to, you know, just throw out there and see you guys' reaction. Did you know that um, actually the movie Borat caused a huge tourism boost in Kazakhstan uh, because people were more curious about the country? This was a positive aspects, some would say, economically and uh, basically for the whole tourism sector. But on the other hand, there were also instances of foreign tourists uh, just coming in there wearing the classic burrito, uh, no, a burrito, Borat uh, <laughs> one suit. Wearing a burrito costume. <laughs> <laughs> now that's something I didn't see coming. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say, so Borat's like a string, let's say. Uh, people were just flooding the capital of Kazakhstan uh, wearing those things. So, Don't you think that's kind of offensive? It though? is. It is completely mm. offensive. I mean, it boosted their economy and the tourism sector, but it actually hurt them really, really bad culturally. Yeah. Because there's this big, big, big stereotype over these people and still... I know it's funny, <laughs> mm. but it's still it's creating a lot of debate around and especially in the migration crisis right now. And the question, the big question around Muslim people, and it's still enforcing the idea that these people are bad and they want to they want to kill the Western people. Because in the, in the Oscars and e Entertainment interview where uh, the dictator threw the ashes of another dictator, Asian dictator and before he does that, he was talking to the reporter and he told him, death to the West. I mean, like, it's funny to the West people, but mm -hmm. I don't know if they see it as a funny, but there's this underlying threat from the Middle Easterns. Like, we are mm -hmm. really not that. And I'm coming from Lebanon. So that's why I'm kind of talking from this kind of aspect, because when I watched it, it was 
first of all, very offensive to women. Second of all, very offensive to my, I'm not going to say my culture, but I'm going to say the Arab way of living. And there's this kind of mockery of the way we live. Like, I know it's uh, it's supposed to trigger something in America, but it's still doing this. Uh, it's triggering something in the Middle East and North Africa. You know, I'm not from the same culture. I can't really say how much that impacts me. But there are definitely like instances when it would affect uh, feminist cultures or gypsy cultures, or at least from my aspect, uh, Jewish cultures and Israeli one aspect as well. Because kind of like um, you said, basically one of uh, Sasha, Baron Karen, Sasha Baron Cohen's characters, Borat, uh, recently went on Jimmy Kimmel and he was asked about COVID and basically just said that the hotspot and the origin point of COVID was Tel Aviv, which is already great for a lot of conspiracy theorists that already believe this whole thing. So I probably think he's real. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> which makes the fact that Borat is, you know, Borat's Kazakhstani is actually just fluent Hebrew with a Russian accent, a bit more ironic. Yeah, to add to the problem of Israel, because there's an interview between the dictator and Larry King, mm -hmm. and uh, Larry King asks the dictator, what, wh what did you fail at, or something like that. And then uh, the dictator says, well, everything, if you look up Israel, everything is written in the present tense, and I have to do something about it. I'm like, <laughs> this is like, this is a whole other thing you're talking about. You just like, you lit the flame. Like, why are you saying this? Like, not all Arabs mm -hmm. hate hate that. And there's a lot of political debate around Israel in the Middle East. Yeah. So you can't really mock something this sensitive. You're you're kind of inciting this hatred towards the two people. Mm -hmm. But is it is it inciting the hatred or is it because the whole topic is so complicated and there are, you know, both people who do hate each other. I mean, <laughs> there are people in Iran who want to see the destruction of Israel. There are people sure. in Israel who would love to see the annihilation of a certain people. There, sure. there are these crazy individuals who do hold these in insane beliefs. In any society, right? yeah. And it, it dials that up to a hundred mm. and uses that to, to prod at these things. Yes. And I think often it's a, the, the, the as, I, as I said, kind of the nuance that the, the multifaceted approach is lost yes. because you're trying to make a statement with the stereotypes. True. And you're also in a position of power because it's not just the movie that millions of people saw it. It's also the the, the media around the character of the dictator, the the interviews with the dictator and not Sasha Baron Cohen. You're just you're not just market marketing the the movie you're marketing the character the dictator yeah. character yeah. so it's it's kind of a different tone of voice because you're coming from a point of authority and now you have the hand to influence so many people that are watching you have a responsibility you know mm -hmm. you're not just like a small movie and independent you have a big audience that's gonna watch this and they're gonna think maybe maybe he's right <laughs> like if yeah. it's in yeah. the movie maybe it's right you know yeah yeah and i think that brings us back to this idea of the fact that with these characters, would we be having a different discussion right now if these characters hadn't been taken out of their film context, mm -hmm. out of the film and being so actively continued by Sasha? Personally, I, I think it provokes uh, a hidden aspect of the people that are being interviewed or taken advantage of. And basically what Sasha Baron Cohen's characters are just doing is presenting themselves as idiotic, uh, from another culture. So anytime that any of his characters uh, shows that they're, yeah, they're lacking intelligence, quote unquote, I think 
other people just feel more comfortable around him. You know, we've seen this with a lot of different things. Uh, for example, with his TV show, Who is America? When people were so confident in his stupidity that they would just release more secrets and more controversial statements, but that were closer to their hearts. So in a way, it is useful to kind of root out the evil in politicians and people of influence. But is it right? I think it all depends also on the person that he's trapping. The most infamous one recently is obviously Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that case was honestly very shocking. And this is this actually brings up the question if does he have the right to do that? I mean, he did expose something really controversial. I mean, well, Rudy Giuliani is the personal attorney for Donald Trump. And during the filming of Borat 2, he was contacted to do an interview by um, a journalist, Maria Bokolova. Uh, she's the 23-year-old actress playing a 15-year-old girl, who, who, like the daughter of Borat. And she's doing the interview with Rudy Giuliani. And, well, actually, let's be honest, she was kind of seducing him in the movie. But then um, Rudy Giuliani, knowing that she was 15, asked her, asked, for her address and for her number and they went into the room and while he was taking off his microphone he put his hand in his pants but um and this obviously created this big um debate around what was rudy giuliani actually doing in that scene and uh it created a big fuss it was the the whole aspect <laughs> like the whole actual scene did actually borat have the right to prank Rudy Giuliani and to ask a 23-year-old actress playing a 15-year-old journalist to seduce an old man and that old man would actually react like who is the wrong here the inciter or the victim like I don't yeah and another extreme example of this question that you're proposing did they have the right is when he's actually destroyed the career and the lives True. of someone of one of these victims and most famously most famously um the former georgia state representative jason spencer so if any of you are unaware i'll explain it to you briefly on sasha baron's cohen a uh, relatively new show called who is america he plays a few characters one of them being uh the israeli mossad oh sorry not mossad uh Iran morad uh, who is just a commander and he basically pretends to give Jason Spencer a variety of different tips and tricks on how to stop terrorists, right? Um, unfortunately, Spencer got a bit too comfortable with the notion. So when Eran Murad or Cohen proposed ideas on how to inspect f females in burqas, <laughs> um, let's say that Spencer took it a bit too far. You know, he was handed a camera, a selfie stick, and just checked under the burqas. He was also very racist and stereotypical towards Asian people. Um, and aside from that, showed his, yeah, showed his bare ass while screaming the N-words, as well as a supposed strategy to keep uh, terrorists away. In either case, there's dozens of examples, but Jason Spencer really got played. And all of this really hurt his career as you can imagine, in a variety of different bad ways. So, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so his colleagues denounced him, denounced that he had, they had anything to do with him, 
and he was kind of forced to step down. He was bullied into stepping down as state representative because this is not what you do as a representative, right? I mean, right, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly. But uh, at the end of the day, Spencer, his old defense for what happened here was that a he was led on and influenced, and b that uh, they had told him prior to the filming of this that. Spencer could have the final say on the final product, so they wouldn't release anything without Spencer consent. Spencer's consent. So there were both bad things on both sides, but it's for you to determine which side is shittier. Yeah. Pardon my French. <laughs> There's this other example in in oh, what's it called again? We America. Or who, who is America? America? Who is America? Uh, where he pretends to be Giorgio or uh, some some like Italian. Uh, fashion fashionista kind of guy who who's a designer and a photographer and makes stars and then he gets into contact with some influencer um you forget if it's macy chanel or corin olympios i forget I which corin. one it was i think it's corin olympios yeah, yeah. No, no i remember now corin because she was on the some uh, program on morning usa etc mm. anyway um yeah, so he gets this 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 um, influencer, Corin, and uh, I guess he hires her for a photo shoot and like a media campaign. But then he gets her to say really obscene things. I don't think it's the same as the other two scenarios that you guys talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's why: one is he takes a photo shoot of her and um, pretends. Uh, where she pretends like she she gets ready she puts on like a hazmat suit and um holds a bag and pretends to be like where they photoshop her in to a photo of people carrying an ebola victim a victim of 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 this really horrible um virus that that can destroy and has destroyed um families societies and violently killed people so he says, okay, I'm going to take a photo of you. We're going to Photoshop you into this Ebola thing. And we're going to pretend that you went and you worked for my charity. Mm-hmm. The other the other part of this is when he then gets her to to make like a PSA for or, or, or like an advertisement for the ch- his charity, quote unquote, which doesn't actually exist. <laughs> and he gets her to say some obscene things about um, this veterans fund arming child soldiers and then showing a drawing you know if you if you if you donate we'll send you a drawing of what your what your child soldier has done with your gift and there's a draw like a child's drawing of of a kid with a gun shooting oh someone God. else and it's it's like it's pretty, pretty heavy. <laughs> heavy stuff yeah and um i i think it's starkly different compared to someone in an authority uh, in, in a position of authority doing something that is very obviously um, inappropriate. If that is being uh, racist or uh, sexist or even worse, or uh, doing something that is borderline criminal, um, I think that's very different to then being kind of persuaded to do something a bit um, faux pas, even you know, for a bit of money or a bit of clout. Mm-hmm. I, I think those are very different. And 
in the way that this was done, I think it was a lot more cruel. Or, or, or when he talked about talked with the lawyer of the most powerful person in the world, <laughs> the personal lawyer of the most powerful human being on this earth. That's, <laughs> it's uh, I think of... they're they're very separate, and I think the cruelty is is um, uh, proportional. Mm -hmm. So um, there is this kind of idea that art and especially film is used to co-construct a reality. And I feel like with Sasha, he has come up with this kind of new line of filmmaking, which is used to deconstruct reality. Now, the problem with that is a lot of people will watch films in the way that we're all kind of wired to, which is to see a reality that's presented us on screen, which is co-produced with the filmic techniques, with the atmosphere with the characters but also resonates a lot with with our own reality when you're deconstructing reality you've already established that reality from the get-go and you're just completely taking it apart to and he does it so he can basically find the truth and the reality and the uh, justice in all of these uh, things that he believes is wrong with uh, with america for example um so like could you give me an example with like Borat. With, with Borat or any kind of character. So I'd say like the difference between the dictator and Borat, for example. Yeah. Borat goes out on the street not telling anyone who the hell he is and talks to them and talks to all these famous people already knowing what is the reality, what is his world. He knows this world is X, Y, Z because, for example, Rudy Giuliani, he knows who Rudy Giuliani is. He knows the background. He, they know walking into that atmosphere what is the potential we can do here mm. and instead of creating something else or creating something new for the audience to see we're going to take it apart and show you the core of this person or this scene we want to and he did it and he does it very successfully now when it comes to the dictator because he doesn't do that he doesn't play on someone's uh unknowing that who he is this is a written piece this is a, a film a narrative film he is establishing a reality now he is presenting stereotypes in the way that he wants to because he's co-creating it. Yes, to an extent he's playing on ideas of Western stereotypes and stuff, but he's still picking and choosing that much more than he is deconstructing that to something that we wouldn't believe that this would be the idea. We wouldn't believe that someone could actually say this because he already knows who he's making a movie around it. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, he overestimates audiences in this respect, the intelligence of certain audience, if I can say, because it's playing on these narratives that people already think and using it in comedy sometimes gets lost in translation. Mm -hmm. In your guy's opinion, do you think he, by taking it to this far and, and doing this technique, he is successful in giving this message about America, about the world, about what our reality is or do you think he was more successful with maybe the dictator in just creating this reality for people to mm -hmm. see the thing is unfortunately enough uh he has kind of been playing around with both of these genres between a mockumentary such as ali g and borat and an actual drama film with uh stereotypes but which ends up with a love story at the end just doesn't make any sense but anyway i mean ali uh, g too yeah like, but, like if, when he like gets into part when he gets into parliament as a chav, like that's whole, True. that whole spiel. The majority of the Ali G as a movie, it yeah. reminds me a bit more of the dictator, but Same. that Ali G show 
is something else. Yeah. That reminds me even more of Borat. But uh, responding to your question, I think, yeah, he's successful in a way that he presents um, what people will have to discover through his movies. Let's say mockumentaries, right? So I'm talking about the most recent Borat. Most people will find it funny, but you should ask those people why they find it funny. Is it because of the short ha uh, sh short-sightedness, like just slapstick comedy, uh, a few jokes about immigrants or about haha foreign culture? Or do people really see the more ironic comedy that is presented in his reality? I remember watching IG when I was more of a kid, so a lot of it went way over my head. Um, watching it again as an adult was a lot funnier, especially when now as an adult and as not an English person or from someone from the UK, I, I get the more subtle aspects of the British uh, commentary. Um, and I think if you watch Ali G, sorry, um, The Dictator as someone who is aware of a lot of the, for lack of a better word, shit that goes on in, in North Africa and the Middle East and all the different complex quagmires that exist uh, due to a couple of invasions and a couple of imperial lines um, drawn in the sand, literally. Um, I think then it's less just slapstick. But if you watched it completely without any kind of prior knowledge of the area. There's a lot that's missing and it's like a Tarantino film where he plays with history. For someone who doesn't know the history, it can become your reality when you think of that place. And I think that is the danger when it comes to that one, mm. um, in my opinion. Well, actually, personally, <laughs> um, I'm not really a fan of his movies. I'm, well, personally, I can only talk about The Dictator because that's the only movie that actually um, enraged me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean to be like the buzzkill in this um, fangirling we're doing right now. <laughs> but um, aside from the political aspect of The Dictator, actually, um, I'm kind of annoyed with the kind of comedy that. Um, thinks that people would, would just laugh at anything. And this anything is becoming more and more sexual. The more sexual the film is, the more comedic comedy there is in it. Like, mm -hmm. But the, I don't see, like you can have, an, I'm not saying intelligent jokes like a big nerd, no. I'm just saying that we can actually talk about something and laugh mm -hmm. without talking about the genitalia, like seriously, because there's a scene in The Dictator where he walks in on naked women and he just ran runs out of that room and he says she's trying to milk me and yeah. like there's there's a lot of sexual jokes that i really yeah. didn't find funny they yeah. were really objectifying do you guys think that he'll come up with any other like characters anytime soon because yeah. uh, he has kind of like a dynamic let's say where you know he'll like do a certain ethnicity or certain like sexual preference here and there but what is there still left without it being like straight up racism 
imagine if he does blackface to portray a guy from I don't know uh, Zimbabwe or something like that. Yeah. Or um, if he goes, yeah, yellow face. I don't know the exact term. I don't for think America can handle that right now. No, yeah. they can't. Yeah. just break it. Yeah, it, just, no. If it's in, <laughs> yeah, if it's <laughs> indirect racism, sure, no problem. The direct racism, no, yeah. no. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. wow. I feel like, especially <laughs> the fact that he's got this new girl who came in to play his daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that he's going to now, because he's so angry. His political speeches, you know, his Twitter page is so, you know, he's very active himself. He's mm-hmm. very engaged in politics and he's very much like, you know, I'm angry about this, so I'm going to talk Are about it. Are you talking about Trump, Borat, Cohen? Who... And, and Sasha Cohen. himself. Ah, okay. Yeah. As in him himself, he's yeah. very politically active very like outspoken with it all and, and well spoken and very well sm- spoken it, it's like when you when you see something where he says yeah some, anything and you're just like it's just extremely poignant you're like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Okay. yeah so wow. like, you all really right. realize how intelligent he is yeah. so i really do and the fact that he found this amazing talented actress to to do basically the same thing he does i'm like he's gonna create an empire in my opinion (laughs) i'm like he's gonna go around the world find every mini one of him and just really go for it because i feel like he's so angry he's gonna do something drastic like this that he's gonna again i think he'll keep with these characters i think we'll see borat one more time i don't think he'll let him go Mm. i think we'll see him at least one more time and I think he's going to then find maybe an Asian actor to come into America after COVID and go for it. Because I would, I would, you That know. would actually make sense if he yeah. does that. Thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for joining me on this episode today. Hi, hi. Thanks again for listening. Lead producer on this episode was Rue. Other contributors to this episode are Brendan, Sherelle, and Ethan. The music in this episode was created by Stone Ocean. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. Or if you want, all three of them. Hope you have a pleasant day. Hoi hoi.